Earlier this month, Claremont United Methodist Church outside of Los Angeles created a stir online and on cable news when it unveiled a rather unorthodox nativity display on its grounds. Now the principal characters of the Christmas story are all there. Joseph wears brown, Mary wears blue. And Christ beams out from a hay-filled manger. But instead of being situated together in a traditional crash scene, each member of the Holy Family is locked in a metal cage and surrounded by razor wire. Baby Jesus is covered in a silver mylar blanket, the kind that they give out at refugee camps. His parents reach out helplessly from their own separate cages. The peace is not subtle clearly is intended as a commentary on our government's ongoing practice of family separation and our response to the refugee crisis in general. In a recent interview with CNN, the pastor of Claremont Methodist, Karen Clark Christine, said she was trying to imagine what might happen if the most famous refugee family in the world sought sanctuary in our country today. Now, when she calls the Holy Family refugees, Pastor Christine isn't referencing their time in Bethlehem, as some critics seem to think, but the time after that, when King Herod tries to have the baby Jesus killed. And so Mary and Jesus have to flee from their home country and seek refuge in Egypt. The lectionary will get there in a few weeks. Now, as you might imagine, the response to this display has been pretty fierce, with many cheering it as a bold witness, and others condemning it as misguided or offensive. Predictably, if you went online, the comments there are particularly colorful. And colorful, as they usually are. <laughs> now, whether you find this thought-provoking or inappropriate or downright blasphemous, it's certainly arresting. And it's quite, uh, struck quite a nerve culturally this season. And in a holiday season that has tended to be sentimentalized and theologically neutered, I think that can't be all bad. You know, I did my first responses of oh, Christ's Now, a lot of the criticism of this display comes from people who are angered by the intrusion of politics into the Christmas story, or at least an intrusion of the wrong kind of politics. But if you listen to all today's reading from Isaiah, from the psalm, it's pretty obvious that the coming of Messiah was going to have political implications all along. And on a deeper level, I think a lot of people just feel like a stunt like this just kind of dirties up what ought to be a peaceful, nice holiday season for our country. And if there's anything we all want from the Christmas season, it's for it to be as peaceful and as beautiful 
and as uncomplicated as it can possibly be. And if that means holding the real world at arm's length for a week or so, then so be it. Because we want the fireplace and the Hallmark Channel and the chestnuts, the figure pudding, and the running down the stairs and the footy pajamas. And you know what you don't see anywhere on that list? The baby Jesus locked in a stupid metal cage. It's just not part of the picture that we are trying to create and recreate every year. We want it to be perfect, just like we remember it. And you know what? So do I. That's what I want too. I want all of that. And I want it to be perfect. And why not? I mean, it's been a challenging year for me, I think, for all of us. We're exhausted. We're looking for a break. We're looking to escape from that kind of thing. So take your metal cages and shut it. <laughs> Give me figgy pudding. much of Christmas or if we're not asking enough. And we send out cards that say things like peace and joy. And I think we really do want those things and want them for others, but it does sometimes seem like a tall order. You know, that's heavy lifting. Joy and peace. Heavy lifting for a three-day vacation. <coughs> and the thing about joy least Christian joy as we understand it. The joy that's supposed to come to us at Christmas, it means something. It's an expression of something very profound and it doesn't come cheap. It's not a pleasant distraction from our real life. It has to be more than that. The joy we seek at Christmas it's something that emerges from a far deeper place in our soul. It's birthed from our hope that though this world may seem full of darkness now, it's actually in the process of being reborn. It's being transformed by the power of God in Christ. But if we're unwilling to acknowledge that darkness at this time, if we want to hide it away, then what does it mean to celebrate the coming of the light? Which is why I've come to believe that the most valuable thing we can do during Advent, the most faithful way we can keep this, se this season, is to spend some time taking account of what is actually happening in our world and in our lives. Peter has said that Advent is not a penitential season like Lent, and he's right. But it is a season for reflection, for considering where we have been this past year, where we are right now, and where we're going. Now I'm going to stand up here and tell
tell you to stop singing Christmas songs or stop hanging up lights during Advent. I'm not going to tell you to slow down and avoid the hustle of the holiday season because I know we are all doing the best we can. And honestly, between packing and moving, between service prep and the youth retreat I have next week at the camp, getting ready for the coming of a new baby, and then getting a flu last week, I, I kind of doubt I'm going to find a lot of time for quiet reflection between now and Christmas. Which is why I kind of appreciate Claremont Methodist and their display, because it wrenches me out of my hyper-focused pre-Christian mindset, pre-Christmas mindset. You know, it's short circuits, that monkey brain that keeps going from thing to thing to thing and demands attention. It's infuriating, but it forces us to remember that the incarnation that we are about to celebrate, the coming of Christ into this world, and it means something. It's not just something fun we do for our kids. We're talking about God becoming human and dwelling among us. The inbreaking of the divine present into our parochial little world and heralding a new era of renewal and restoration that can become our lived reality if only we would open our eyes and our hearts to this new reality. It's the most profound cosmological event in history. It's so important that we divide all of human history as before and after this singular event. Which is why we can never allow Christmas or the Nativity or the baby Jesus to become precious or pretty or merely distractions from our real lives. Because what happened in that manger is as real as it gets. Jesus didn't come so that he could take up residence in a sandalwood and our culturally sensitive pressing that we can display on our mantle. He comes crashing into our real lives, warts and all. He comes amidst the darkness of our world, the messiness of our life, into the fear and loneliness we experience in our hearts. That's where He comes because that's where He's needed. God didn't become flesh and dwell among us so that we could escape our problems for a few days. He came because we can't escape them. Because we've become captive to them. Because we can't manage to create a world that doesn't have people in cages. So this Advent season, all that I would ask you to do is what Jesus tells us to do in today's Gospel reading. What He tells folks to do twice Open your eyes and make an honest account of what is actually happening. 
What do you see? What do you hear? It doesn't all have to be negative. That's not what I'm saying. There are wonderful things happening in my life right now, even if they're creating a little extra stress for me during the holidays. And gratitude is an essential part of this accounting practice. We just need to remember that come December 25th, we're not going to celebrate a temporary respite from darkness. We're celebrating the one who is going to help us find our way out of it. Because Christ is coming. And He's here now. And we can't ask Him to heal us if we're not being honest about how we're broken. And when we do, when we do this, when we open our hearts to Him fully, then we'll know that the joy and the peace we experience together on Christmas will not be superficial, it will not be fleeting, but it will be true and healing 